BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. How the hell are you? Hope you're doing fantastic, doing well, doing the most. I am back from a wild weekend down in the bayou, the Mississippi, Louisiana, hot, hot bayou. Had a great time. Had two shows at one in Baton Rouge, and then we went over to Jackson, Mississippi, which is the capital of Mississippi. And I'm going to get into all the nitty gritty, really going to unpack, if you will, the weekend. But man, had a great time. You know, it was really fun, first of all, flying into Baton Rouge. I don't know why I thought it was a, a much, much, much smaller town than it was. Now, it's still small. I'm not. It's a small city. Did not realize it was the capital of Louisiana either. You know, it's like when you go to New York and you're like, Albany's the capital. You don't realize that it's not New York City. And things like that just really throw me off. Didn't make a lot of sense, but also makes some sense. Had a good time. Baton Rouge, Tina and I land. We hit the ground running. We had to do a drive-by LSU campus. I had to drive by Fraternity Row. There is something about being in a college town, specifically at the beginning of May, where you can really really, really just feel. You can feel the heat. You can feel the regret. You can feel the happy memories. You can feel just the semen that's everywhere. You know what I mean? It's like sticky. That's the best way to describe it. When you land in the South, especially in a college town, you walk outside and you just, like it hits you as if somebody just pulled out and came on your face. And I don't even say that to be vulgar, but that's the best way to describe the stickiness. It's sweet. It's salty. You want it to be there. And then there are other times where you also don't want it to be there. Come end of July, August, you're like, it's too sticky. It needs to go. It's like sometimes when you get jizzed on, you're like, why? Why was there so much? Like it's flattering, but there are times in August in the South where you're just like, it's too much. I dated this guy once and it was just a lot of jizz all the time. And there were times where you just go, like, I know I'm hot, okay? I know I bring the heat in the bedroom. But sometimes you almost think it's a medical condition. You go, that's too much semen. Point blank period, it's too much. 
you know, and it really takes you out of the lovemaking experience when then you got to worry about what am I about to get hit with? A gallon? I don't have time for that. The cleanup is too much. You know, it takes you out of it because you're sitting here looking at, say, Randall. Randall's on top doing a little (gasps) dry heaving and humping. And the whole time you're thinking, it's going to be too much. It's going to be too much. I know it. And so you really just want him to finish, but you also don't want him to finish because you're afraid of how much it's going to be. And that is the exact way to describe the Louisiana heat. When it's just right, it's right. And then when it's too much, it's a medical condition. And that is why we hit the deep south at the right time, which was mid-May. Really hit it at the right time. But I had a cool little experience. I went to the Delta Gamma house. You know, I was a Delta Gamma at the University of Mississippi. And listen, I'm not trying to be one of those like old sorority gals who can't let it go. You know what I mean? I'm not like a Kayo from Mizzou who just can't let it go. I'm just a Delta Gamma from the University of Mississippi who wanted to check out the other house. Now, I got to be honest with you. It's strictly from the state of like, I wanted to judge. I want to see what the girls were like. And they were lovely. And I met the sweetest girl, Emily, outside of the sorority house. And she walked outside and she saw me and she just started hysterically crying. Like, I'm not going to make it. Like that level of crying. And I said, oh my God, are you okay? And she's like, this is just a lot. Like I'm moving out of my sorority house right now. And I didn't also expect to see you here. She wasn't crying because of me. It was a surprise on top of another surprise. And so she took me up into a room at the sorority house and I got to see this cool balcony that she would sit out there and, you know, smoke cigs with her girls or whatever. And I got to meet some of the other young ladies at the sorority house. And these girls were doing big things. I'm not trying to downplay this and I'm not trying to say this is cute to like demean what they were doing. I just want you to know how adorable as somebody who is older, I was getting to meet some of these great gals and they were like, we're all still best friends. And even though we're going our separate ways, we all went to the bar last night. It's like two nights before graduation. And then we were all trying to figure out ways we can go into business together and stay really close. Like, you know, Lindsay's in finance and Carol's in accounting and I'm in marketing. So like, how can we all do something together? And I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. Also, the level of maturity was wild. One of the girls I met was going to be a fucking chemical engineer and was already had a job booked. When I graduated college, I was so fucked up my graduation weekend, I went to graduation for my specific like liberal arts theater degree and I walked and did the whole thing. But like, I didn't show up to hear Dan Rather speak in the Grove. You know what I mean? If you don't know the Grove, it's a grove of trees where um, everybody tailgates and it's a very iconic historical part of Mississippi. But I didn't show up to see the keynote speaker. Like they literally could have told me Lady Gaga was speaking and I'd have been like, I ain't not gonna make it. And then I'm seeing these beautiful young women say, we were at the bar last night, our last night in town, and we were all thinking of businesses we can start together. My friends and I were not smart enough or sober enough to talk about the businesses we were going to start. So Christina, who you see in the show, and she's on the road with me, and she's one of my dearest friends, she and I were not in the same sorority, but dear, dear friends in college. And we get in the car after touring the DG house, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I was like, We were never, ever that mature. Now, I like to think that we are definitely making up for that, but we were never that mature. Literally ever. I was just so wildly impressed with the students, just everybody. And you know what? I'll just say, go Tigers. It's really funny. I've been 
touring in some of these really intense college towns. And, you know, obviously they take it to heart. But then I went to Mississippi and my alma mater's Ole Miss. Now, if you don't know, Miss Ole Miss is like two and a half hours north of Jackson. Jackson's the capital. And I love Mississippi. Mississippi has a part in my soul. I love the people in Mississippi. But Jackson, everybody in Jackson lives in a little bit of a state of delusion. They act like Jackson is the fucking greatest place on earth. Oxford, Mississippi is. And now it's improving and I'm not shitting on the town. I'm not. I have so many friends that live in Jackson, but it is so funny. I mean, the air of people from Jackson, they are, oh, you're not from Jackson? You're nobody. It reminds me of a time when I first moved into my dorm and I was from Atlanta. I didn't really know. Like, I did not know that Jackson, if you went to like Jackson Academy or Jackson Prep, those were like the two really fancy private schools from Jackson. I didn't know. I did not know Jackson was the capital of Mississippi. So I show up in my dorm and I'm trying to party with some girls on my floor the first week and they're a little bit standoffish and snobby, okay? I love these chicks now. I fucking broke them down. We're sisters for life. But I'll never forget. They were like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, hey girls, I'm from Atlanta. My name's Heather. And I'm like, where are you guys from? And they're like, Jackson. And I just said, Ville, Florida? Like, what? And they're like, no, Jackson. And I'm like, Ville, Florida? I don't, where is Jackson? And then I very quickly learned that it was where the people of Mississippi are from, the capital. But Jackson's so funny. Your friends that come in, they're like, we do two things. We go to the country club or we go to the country club. So it's a vibe. Obviously, I rolled into town. I had to do a drive by the country club. Some woman at the meet and greet afterwards is like, Heather Rose all day tomorrow. If you come, her Dave Matthews is teeing off at 9 a.m. He's not performing, but if we get him drunk enough, he will perform at the pool. I'm going to bring my six kids. You won't come. And I was like, I would love to be there. I would absolutely love to be there. But it was just great. It was great being back in Jackson. It was so great being in Baton Rouge. I mean, I just had such a good time. I've gotten to perform in some really cool places. But there is something about this level of Southern hospitality. There's something about it's like just coming home. And there's just nothing better. There's nothing better. But you know, in three weeks, it'll be so hot. It'll be like, there's too much come. And you get it. If I say it, you get it. And you know it. But the people of Jackson, Mississippi came out for me. If you go, stay in the beautiful Weston, which is right across from the theater. Fuck it up. Get it. But you know, it was really wild. You know, you're at the Jackson, Mississippi airport three gates and you're going, it says international. My thought is, where are we going international? You know what I mean? I love a tiny airport. I thrive in a tiny airport, but it does say international. Where are we going? They're like, we went to Denver. That was international. I just think that we might need to remarket or rebrand that. Or maybe there is. I mean, fuck, let's Google. Are there any international flights out of Jackson, Mississippi? Hold on. Okay, guys, I just Googled this. Currently, there are no international flights departing from Jackson. There are no international flights, but it is an international airport. And that, to me, summarizes Jackson. They're like, oh, we are very international. We have never actually been outside of the United States. It's so good. The people are so on point. And obviously going to school in Mississippi, I have friends from all over the state and everybody knows it's just an air. It's like you can make fun of people from New York. Like New York's the greatest place on the planet. I love New York. But there are days where you go, I've been to other cool cities too. You know what I mean? It's people in Jackson like, Jackson's the greatest. And you're like, yes, yes. I had a good chicken salad sandwich. But let's just calm down. You know what I mean? Come down. Come down or come everywhere. 
if you know what I mean. Listen, I love Squarespace. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. If I didn't have Squarespace, I wouldn't be able to run my tour website. I wouldn't be able to sell tickets. I wouldn't be able to see the best time to put tickets on sale, to put my merch up, all of it. Literally, Squarespace is your one-stop shop to build an amazing online presence. I know there are so many fabulous young business owners that follow me. We're all trying to make our moves. And listen, you know you have to be online. The days of saying, here's my business card, meet me at the station are long gone. It's got to be online. And I love Squarespace because they truly make it so unbelievably easy. It's just everything is right there all one spot. I'm all about working smarter, not harder. If you need e-commerce, if you need analytics, if you know you need video blocks, you need to connect your social media accounts, everything can be done right there on Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com slash absolutely for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use code, this is my offer code, it's absolutely to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, all you got to do is head to squarespace.com slash absolutely for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use my offer code absolutely to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Run, do not walk, make your life easier for your business tools at squarespace.com. Listen, I got to give a shout out though. I got to tell you the fun I had in Baton Rouge. So after the show, I go into the lobby of our hotel and there's just girls galore. So I'm, I'm chit-chatting. I'm trying to say hi. And I'm like, ladies, let me just run upstairs, drop off my stuff. I'd love to come down because I'm ready for a cocktail. At this point, I'm like, I'm ready for a drink. I don't usually go out after the shows simply because we usually have to get up the next morning at the ass crack of dawn and fly to another city and have like three layovers because we're going Denver to Tulsa and there's never a direct flight, right? I would love for Wheels Up to go ahead and give me a sponsorship. But anyways, we were able to drive the next day. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go out and have some fun. So I'm riding the elevator up with these three guys. There were a lot of weddings going on this weekend. These three lovely gentlemen, we get in the elevator. I'm like, hold the door. And I get in, they're like, who the fuck are you? Like, why are these women screaming? Because I've told y'all before, you love to fucking scream. It's wild. You scream, ah! don't scream. You're like, what's up, girl? The screaming, why are we screaming? At this point, you all might as well have rape whistles and just blow them as loud as possible. But I get into the elevator and these three guys, I recognize one of the guys was the groom from this wedding because I had met his lovely fiance earlier. So they're like, what do you do? I'm like, sorry, I'm a comedian. He's like, this is crazy. I was like, yes, it is pretty crazy. And they're like, we're going out later. I was like, cool, I might see you out. Draw my stuff off. We just happen to also get in the elevator on the way down at the same time. So I'm like, guys, I'll meet you outside. Let's go get a drink, all right? I'm with the groom, another married gentleman who's fantastic, and this other sweet guy who is not married. I'm literally like, who's getting married? Okay, I got the groom, the best man, and a buddy. Fantastic. So I go say hi to some of the gals in the lobby, chit-chatting with everybody, having a nice time. And then I'm like, all right, I'm ready to peace out. I'm ready to grab a cocktail. I walk outside and the guys are waiting for me. They're like, you good? I'm like, yeah. But I said, listen, I'd love to go into this bar next door. I don't have any cash. Forgot my debit card, ran out of cash tipping the valet. Can you cover my cover for this fucking bar? Drinks are on me. They're like, yeah. I mean, these guys are probably 25, 26. So I roll into this next bar to meet Tina and her family and some friends that were in town with three hunky dudes. Now, you know that when you meet the dudes where there's a specific time, especially in frat daddy culture, 
And men, as they get older, learn to buy suits that fit them. You know, as you get older, you like things that are more tailored. You either wear like that fucking nap dress, that peasant weird pilgrim dress that I do love to wear when I'm on my period. Or if you're a man, you wear a tailored suit. Out of your 20s, it's either like you're in a tight fucking onesie bandage dress or a peasant dress. For dudes, you graduate from this really oversized khaki chinos and the blue blazer that everyone has at six sizes too big. I mean, these were three very handsome dudes. So I'm looking at them just like, guys, we got to go at least six sizes smaller in these clothes. You guys are swimming in them. Fucking drowning. Literally, it's like too much cum, but too much chino. That's what it was. It was just too much fucking chino. So we get in the bar. Girls are coming up. We're taking shots. We're having a good time. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I love and adore when somebody wants to buy me a drink, but I was like, I'm buying drinks for the guys. Just talking to the nicest young gentleman. And then I I started drinking some club sodas because I said, I don't want to be hungover. I want to be out. I want to have a good time, but I don't want to be hungover. So I just want to throw this tip out there. The drink is what usually gets you. If you take two shots of tequila and then hit a club soda the rest of the night, I think it fared me better the next day. So I had that ice cold club soda with the lime, but I was just taking shots sporadically and honestly felt better. Just a little tip and trick from your Aunt Chi-Chi. So we go to the next bar and I'm talking to one of these guys outside and we're having a heart to heart and he's showing me photos of his kids and his beautiful wife. And then I post a photo of him and the bouncer. These guys look like they could be on the show Yellowstone. So handsome, also so respectful. I love in the South, everybody calls you ma'am. They're like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, I'm only 10 years older than you, but I'll take yes, ma'am. So then the guy's wife DMs me and she's like, that's my man. And I was like, yes, I know he was so kind because I posted on Instagram, wow, ladies, come to Baton Rouge. There's real men here. And I even put, neither of these guys are single, but just so you understand, this is the caliber of men in Baton Rouge. If the wife is listening, I don't want you to be mad. Your husband was an absolute gentleman. I am also very happily married, but we were talking about family and kids and all that jazz. But um, I just ended up hanging out with these three guys and like Tina and they took us around. I mean, it was a groom's last night. You know, I'm not doing anything shady. We were live in public. Everybody saw. But I was buying them some drinks and we were just kicking. It was like I was getting to hang out with three frat daddies who had been out of college maybe four years and I felt alive. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, yes, ma'am. Can we buy you a Bud Light? And I was like, I'll fucking take it, Eric. I don't remember their names. It was just a damn good time. I'm talking to the groom like, dude, you got this tomorrow. He's like, hell yeah. We're going to my fiance's family church and then we're tearing it up. I was like, you tear it up. You tear it up, bruiser. You tear it up. But it felt good to be back in a college town and I'm not trying to be nostalgic because I feel so blessed in where I'm at. But if I could go back to school and have one week, if I could just go back to college and have one week and I wasn't hungover, Oh, the shit I would fucking do. The shit I would stir, the shit I would get into, the foods I would consume, the alcohol I would chug. Because this is the sad thing. This is what happens. When you turn 35 and you go back to a college town, you can take three shots with the boys, but then you got to hit the club soda for the rest of the night. I was literally, this is where I'm at. I used to fucking rage. I used to party. But I think I've told y'all, like, I've always been one of those people. I get really bad hangovers. And it takes so much alcohol and drugs to take me down. Like I could have 16 shots of tequila and drive a school bus full of children home. Fine. I'm a dense person. And that's one of the reasons why my dad quit drinking because he was just like, it didn't do it for him anymore. He's like, it takes too much to get fucked up. 
So I realize I've got this perfect ratio. I'm like, all right, I'm at the bar, took a couple of nice clean tequila shots. I'm in that club sodi. In my mind, I'm like, it's 1 a.m. We got to get on the road around 11. We only have like a three and a half hour drive. But if I take two melatonin in the next 45 minutes, I will be a little melatonin high and be rehydrating with the water or the club soda mixture. I think I've hit the sweet spot. Like as an adult, you are concerned about your sleep quality because you know if you don't get the right amount of sleep or the quality of sleep, you're fucking done. It ruins you for days. Like I have this crippling thing if I don't take my two Ollie melatonin gummies. I'm like, this is it. I'm not going to sleep. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m., panicked, sweating. Instead of shredding for the wedding, it's sweating for the wedding. There'll be something that I forgot to do. I will check my iCal and it'll be like, you have 65 fucking things due. I'll see 25 text messages from my manager, Maggie, who's like, where are you? And I'm like, Maggie, I partied. I had three shots and a club soda and two melatonin. We outcha. But it was just nostalgic. It was so great being back in a college town and eating the fried food and seeing the sorority houses and talking to these absolute gentlemen who could not have been nicer, the most handsome bunch of dudes, and just like, God, I miss it. I miss being in the Grove. I miss going to frat parties where everybody's wearing a pair of khaki pants that are literally seven sizes too big. You know, we all wore the Palazzo, those gaucho pants. We fucking rocked those. But the guys, when I look back, some of these guys literally were almost wearing gaucho, like jinko pants, but in khaki. And they all went to like Joseph A. Banks and that's where they got their shit. Nah, man. When you get above like 27, you start getting fitted pants. You know, if it's khaki and it has a pleat on the front, you know you're a frat daddy. You know you're a frat daddy. And I wasn't doing anything frisky. These guys were absolute gentlemen, but they were like, hell yeah, we'll score you to the next bar. And I was like, you're getting married tomorrow. Let me buy you some drinks. And we giggled and we had the best time. We danced. I mean, I was having a blast. And I met a lot of y'all after the bar. I just felt warm. It felt like that warm summer heat. And I felt good in my soul. I said, I miss this, but also I feel blessed in the state of my life that I'm in. You know, you get that warm, sticky Louisiana heat and it was just right. It wasn't too coming. It was just right. And that's all you can ask for sometimes. And those, you know, I've heard this thing that's been going around called like your core memory, right? It's a core memory. And I feel like maybe as a comedian, every memory is a core memory because I just harbor on things. But that night of just being in that sticky heat with the perfect amount, it wasn't too hot. I wasn't uncomfortable. It reminded me of those like summer sessions. See, most people go home for summer. I stayed in Oxford every single summer because I had a fucking blast. Like summer intercession in college was the most fun. I took some bullshit class that I cheated my way through probably. Not really. I was actually a very honest and good student. And I'm not saying that because I'm afraid somebody from the Alumni Association is going to listen. I actually was a very honest student. Mm. You know what I just took a big step of? My Olipop. And it is a new kind of soda. You know, Olipop's cool because it tastes just like the sodas I grew up with, but unlike other sodas that are full of sugar, corn syrup, artificial ingredients like aspartame, Olipop is made with natural ingredients that are actually good for you. Olipop is actually the fastest growing functional beverage in America, and they have delicious, nostalgic flavors. This is a very nostalgic episode, so I think it's appropriate we talk about it. They've got that vintage cola, that classic root beer. Orange Squeeze, my absolute favorite is cherry vanilla. Oh my God, that is 
chef's kiss, the perfect amount of sweet, tart, all of it. I also love the strawberry vanilla. And hey, they have their newest flavor, the classic grape. I really love Olipop because it's much lower in sugar than conventional sodas with only two to five grams of sugar from a natural source. No added sugar. Their vintage cola has just two grams of sugar as compared to regular Coke, which is 39 grams of sugar. That's insane. And their orange squeeze has five grams of sugar compared to orange Fanta, which has 44 grams. You might as well put yourself in a diabetic coma. 44 grams of sugar is insane. Not with Olipop. They are so confident that you will love their products that they offer a 100% money back guarantee for orders placed through their website. And right now I've got you 20% off. You can receive exactly 20% off plus free shipping on your order. I recommend trying their variety pack. This is a great way to try all their different delicious flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com slash absolutely or use code absolutely at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P. So that's drinkolipop.com slash absolutely. Olipop can also be found in over 8,000 stores across the country, including Kroger, Target, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and Wegmans. Remember like two weeks ago when I needed to see an orthopedist and I needed to see one stat? Well, thank God I had ZocDoc, okay? I pulled something like a meniscus. I was going too hard in the gym and I literally had to leave 48 hours later to go on tour. And I went on the app ZocDoc. Yes, they are a sponsor of the podcast, but I cannot tell you how much I already used ZocDoc before they teamed up with me on the podcast. It is amazing. Basically, all you do is you download the app, you go on ZocDoc, and ZocDoc is a free app, by the way. It shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. So I went on. I said, all right, I need an orthopedist. This is my insurance. This is what part of town I'm in. And it literally already popped up appointments. I could look at reviews. I could see where they were located, all the pertinent information I needed. And to know that they were in network and it wasn't going to cost me an arm and a leg was chef's kiss, exactly what I needed. So I made an appointment with an orthopedist. He saw me 24 hours later and I was in and out and on to being able to do my job, which is run around from airport to airport in America and be able to be physically fit for the tour. Literally make your life easier. ZocDoc is so incredible. All you got to do is go to ZocDoc.com. You choose a time slot and whether you want to see a doctor in person or even do a video visit, just like that, you're booked. I freaking love them. To get started, go to ZocDoc, that's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash absolutely and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C doc.com slash absolutely. ZocDoc.com slash absolutely. I have a guilty conscience like no one would believe. I could never do the murderings. I could never steal. You know how everybody had a friend named like Kathleen who was like a klepto, like stole from Abercrombie in high school? I could never. There was one girl, Brittany, and she stole one time from Abercrombie and in the mall food court, like showed me what she had stolen. And I had no idea. I was like, what didn't you do? And we were like 16 and I started crying and I like called my mom to pick me up. And she's like, Heather, you have a car and a license. And I was like, I just need to be out. This woman I'm hanging out with is a thief. (laughs) You are a thief. I could probably, and I'm not saying this to like make myself sound like a better person. I'm a pussy. Like my sister always jokes. She's like, Heather, you literally cannot lie. I'm so bad at it. And I'm an actor, but acting comes from an honest place. It's not lying. It's connecting from a place of somebody else's honesty. I could literally have a second family 
and pretend to be someone else to another husband and another mother to other children before I could walk into an Abercrombie and steal like a camisole. Because being other people is not weird to me, which I'm sure if there's a medical professional in the psychology department listening to this would be like, you've got issues. Being another person would not affect me. I could literally like be married to Jeff and then four houses down, live in another house and go back and forth and try and juggle the two. But I'd be playing somebody else. Like my other husband thinks my name's Charlotte. And I wear like a long red wig and I would just like figure it out. I could do that before I would ever be able to steal, you know, a pretzel from Auntie Anne's or a little rabbit foot charm. Remember when we all had rabbit foot keychains from like Claire's? Dude, I would get my ears pierced at Claire's like every other week because they would get infected. <laughs> and I'd be like, like the hole would close over and heal. And like, I for sure had to be on an antibiotic for it. And then like three weeks later, I'd be like, can we reopen it? And then eventually my doctor was like, enough. I have two holes. It's my cartilage that I got done at Claire's. It'll never heal. I just have a gaping hole tucked under my earlobe that no one will ever see. But if you wanted me to put like a little jingle jangle charm, I could. I absolutely could. And I'm not saying that I'm planning on having a second family. That's, again, too much upkeep. But I just want you to know that that's the kind of student I was, honest. But anyways, had a great time just feeling very reminiscent. You know, what's that core memory to you? What's that core memory? Is it being a young kid riding down the street in the middle of the summer on your bike and you got your bike gang behind you and you guys are all 11? And you're like, we're going to fucking Mike's house. His mom made lemonade. Country time lemonade. Do you remember how fucking great that was? You were hot. You would literally ride your bike. Or for me, I would rollerblade. I fucking loved blading. I'd blade down to my friend's house. My best friend, Annie, lived, I'm not even kidding you, a mile away. I bladed to her house once and our parents did not know where we were and almost killed me. Because I had to like go over a highway. I bladed to her house. It was too far for a child to blade, but I bladed hard. And her mom would make, it wasn't the high C fruit punch, but it was a red fruit punch. And we would drink it and my teeth would be stained red. And my young adolescent, young woman, blonde mustache would be dyed red. She had a hang glide in the back of her house, a zip line, not a hang glide. We would just zing, just hit that zip line. And I'll never forget a core memory for me. I'll never forget the day I was too big for the zip line. And I jumped off the top of her treehouse and my feet just like grazed the ground. And I remember looking at Annie. Annie's still one of my absolute best friends. I looked at her and I go, we're done here. And she looked at me and she said, what? This is also my best friend, Annie. When we found out what Sunless Tanner was, we decided to do Sunless Tanner in her garage because you know, like when you first got sunless tanner as a kid and then you're like, it smells terrible. So you're like, oh, this is like paint. Like I thought it was like if you were going to spray paint a stool or something. You know, my mom was always re spray painting a lamp or shit. So we took the sunless tanner and did it in the garage. We both stripped down completely naked and I was glowing her up. She's glowing me up. and We got the mitts on and all that. And then her brother came home from soccer practice and he was like three years older than us. And he starts to open the garage door and we had to jump in the back of her dad's Ford Taurus and hide, and we were like giggling, and we're like, stop it, Mark Foam. When in reality, we could have done this in her bathroom because it wasn't spray paint. Like, I literally thought that Sunless Tanner was as if it said, like, caution, flammable, must go outside. 
those are some jacked up tans. But these are like my core memories. I'll never forget. I'll never forget one day my friend Mary, when we, I've known these girls since we were five years old. One time Mary said we couldn't take baths together anymore or showers. She said, no. Mary, if you're listening, you're going to remember this. I'll never forget. Mary was like, my mom said it's weird. <laughs> I was devastated. I was like, what? We were like fifth grade. She was a swimmer. She probably got her period earlier than me. I mean, now I would take a bath with any of my fucking friends. Like, you know how it's like you get to that place in adolescence where it gets weird and then when you become an adult and then you have children, I'm literally like, guys, I haven't even had kids, but can you see what's, is this a mole that I need to get checked out by my dermatologist on my pussy? I have seen all of my friends' vaginas, buttholes, inverted nipples. I've seen it all. Because then when you become an adult, it literally becomes a fight for your life survival. It's not like, oh, let me look at my boobs. Are my boobs the same as your boobs? Everybody's just like, who needs to get plastic surgery first? That's where it becomes. You know, if you've had a kid, I've seen your twat and you know it. Listen, I'm here because it's most of my girlfriends going, I don't want to look. Will you? And I say, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just thinking about things. I'm thinking about life, circle of life. I'm thinking about things. Are you thinking? You should be thinking. I'm thinking. Okay, this is going to get weird quick. So I'm going to get into the absolutely not line. I haven't hit the hotline in a minute. As always, you can call in 800-213-7503. I cannot wait this weekend. I'm going to be in Tampa, Florida. Get your tickets at heatherontour.com. And then next week, wrapping things up in Atlanta at the Fox. Now, the shows, I believe we do have a couple tickets here and there. So get your tickets at heatherontour.com. This will be the last time. And then I will come back in August and play a tiny little theater for two shows and we'll shoot the special, but it won't be this show. It'll be pieces of the show strung together to make an hour. If you come to my shows, you know I do like two hours. And when we come back to shoot the special, which I will absolutely be begging you guys to get tickets to, and that'll be a cool opportunity because then you can be a part of the live audience and all that shit. But it'll be, um, a, you know, a tight hour. Right now, I'm really giving you the show show. But we're going to close it out in Atlanta. And then I'm finally going to get to go to Italy and be a bride and do all those things. And I cannot wait. But in the meantime, between time, let's get to the absolutely not line, 800-213-7503. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. I needed a probiotic. I don't know what's been going on. I've been on the road so much. I wasn't regular. Feeling backed up, feeling bloated, not feeling like myself. And you know what I freaking love? I love seed, okay? Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic is the real freaking deal. What does that mean? It's a broad spectrum two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic. A proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. So basically it means it's a two-in-one capsule that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. You know, it supports your gut, but it has benefits beyond the gut. Seed will support easing of bloating, healthy regularity, and ease of evacuation if you understand what I am saying. There is nothing worse than you are traveling, you're not on your regular bathroom routine, and you feel like maybe I'm not eating the healthiest, I'm not getting enough fiber. This is why I take Seed with me. I truly love them, and I'm so glad I'm working with them on the podcast. Seed is awesome. You have to, have to, have to try Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic, which is, again, a two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic. Start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash absolutely and use code absolutely to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 
Daily Symbiotic. That's seed, S-E-E-D dot com slash absolutely and use code absolutely. Again, that's seed dot com slash absolutely. I got you. You got me. Let's get it together and get our prebiotic, probiotic life together with seed. You know, when I'm on the road and I come home, all I want is something fresh and clean and delicious and easy. I don't want to cook. I don't have time to go out. I eat it out all the time. All I want is to just skip the cooking and still support my body in the right way. That's why I love Daily Harvest. I don't have the takeout temptation anymore. Daily Harvest helps me keep my freezer fully stocked with options that are delivered right to my door and are delicious, nourishing, and ready in minutes. I freaking love their harvest bowls. They've got soups, flatbread, snacks, smoothies, lattes, and more built on organic fruits and vegetables. One of my favorites right now, I love the tomato basil flatbread. I love their strawberry peach smoothie. Also, their smoothies are amazing. So the way I do it is they have amazing ingredients like Kimu. They've got bee pollen, avocado, like just all of this stuff. So you don't have to go also buy all the other ingredients. It's already there in the smoothie. So I take it out. I put a little water over the frozen smoothie. I then dump that in the blender. Then I might add a little scoop of protein powder, blend it up, put it right back in the container it came frozen in, and I am good to go. It does not get better than this. I freaking love Daily Harvest, and especially trying to get ready for this wedding, there's nothing better than just having good, healthy food in the fridge that I can just grab and go. Avoid the takeout temptation and get Daily Harvest by going to dailyharvest.com slash absolutely to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash absolutely for up to $40 off your first box. Again, that's dailyharvest.com slash absolutely. Hey, Heather, Lauren from Indiana. I just had to share my absolutely not. I think you'll really appreciate it. So I'm going to try to say it as quick as possible. I am a third grade teacher in Indiana. And as you may imagine, the end of the school year, we're taking lots of field trips, finally getting nice out. So our classes go to a field trip at the park, the local park. It's not like a playground park. It's like, go do a nature walk, go look at some bugs, like go do the thing. So one of the things that we are doing is we're going to this pond. And when I say pond, I truly mean retention pond. Like there are brick papers around this place. So the kids are supposed to be using these butterfly net like things to be capturing, you know, critters, crawdads, slugs, tadpoles, all those things. Cause you know, we're doing all the science. So of course you see where this is going. Kid falls in just completely submerged into the water, full winter coat on a cool spring day in Indiana. We pull this kid out. He's just dripping. You can imagine the kind of kid that might fall in. So I'll let you go with that. But we take him. We don't know what to do. We're all young teachers. We don't know what the heck we're doing. So we go sit him under the dryer in the bathroom. Sure enough, 20 minutes later, second kid falls in. Please know this is after the woman at the park makes sure to tell us that this does not happen a lot. So that was really good. Made us look really good. Super memorable. Oh, and then also do want to tell you that that trip ended with one of our buses getting stuck in the mud because, you know, why wouldn't we pull into the grassy mud when it's been raining all throughout the spring here in Indiana? So we had to call for backup, had to get towed. It was quite a memorable trip, but I feel like you could do a lot with that. So thanks for keeping us light and positive. We appreciate you, Heather. Bye. Dude, talk about a core memory. Okay, first and foremost, thank you, honey, for doing the Lord's work and teaching third grade. And thank you for calling in. This could not be a more appropriate voicemail. All right, let's just break down field trips. Y'all remember, damn, damn. Remember field trip days, okay? First of all, you were fucking hyped. You were jacked. Even if the field trip was gonna suck, I don't know, I enjoyed the planetarium, the history museum, I enjoyed. I enjoyed all the artsy-fartsy shit. 
something that we had to do with sports, I was like, I'm fucking out. Okay, I'm fucking out. Like, goodbye. Even if you knew that whatever you were doing was like a little too educational and not enough fun, do you remember how much fun? Because you would show up. And I went to the school where you had to wear uniforms. But sometimes on the field trip day, we were allowed to wear like, as they called it, Spartan spirit. Where like I could wear jeans and sneakers, but with like a school-related t-shirt. Okay? And you show up and you're like, oh my God, we're getting on the bus. And it was always something where, like, if the field trip started at nine, you could get to school late. You knew you didn't really have to get on the bus till nine. Okay. Obviously, or that's when you're like a teenager. But as a kid, you remember you get on and then the most fun. Like, I had a lot of anxiety about my mom being a chaperone on a, a school trip. One, because my mom was late for dropping us off to school every fucking day. All right. Every fucking day. And I was like, mom, we are going to miss the bus. Every day my mom was late dropping us off to school. I didn't take the bus. I mean, if the bus was leaving the parking lot of the school at 8.30, my mom was rolling in at 8.45. Do you know what I'm saying? So the days that my mom got to be a chaperone on a field trip, I was like, yes, we're going to get to school on time. And I'll never forget, my mom got yelled at by one of the teachers because we were fucking starving. We were at the Atlanta History or Cyclorama or something one of those, like the Civil War Museum. And the next thing you know, my mom gave us all a stick of gum to chew on because it was 1045 and we weren't eating lunch till one, which was way too long to let a bunch of 11-year-olds wait to eat lunch. And we got screamed at. Like Miss Miller, like one of the teachers, like yelled at my mom. My mom was like, this stopping. If I had more than three almonds, I'd give it to them. And then she took us to the gift shop and she was like, get whatever you want. And we bought like 10 Butterfingers. I do remember that. Robin was cool when it came to stuff like that. But then she'd be like, have a, have, have a butterfinger. You don't need it. You're chubby. But do you remember the excitement? Oh my God. Field trip days were fucking lit. Now I want you to know my school. I went to Greater Atlanta Christian School, which was a private school here in Atlanta. I want you to know that for a couple of years, we were banned from going to the MLK Center. And I am not proud of this. I'm not saying this as like, this is something to brag about. I just remember the year that we went to the MLK Center, which was like a very like, you know, you go there, you be solemn about it, you respect. We were all old enough too to understand what was going on. And some fucking douche lord in my grade somehow either got into the water because there's like a lake and then there's like an, an eternal flame in the middle of this pond at the MLK Center. This was not racially motivated. This was not like a white kid doing something to be ugly. This was like a stoner kid who got dared by another kid, like $40, because these were rich private school kids. Like, I dare you to try and blow out the flame, or I dare you to get into the water. I genuinely mean this. There was no malice behind it. These were just fucking stupid kids. And I'll never forget, we were like halfway through the tour of the MLK Center. I'm having an intelligent conversation with one of my friends, seeing this. And then all of a sudden, all the chaperones are just like, get on the bus. Fucking Jordan's in trouble. My school GAC, when we would meet other people, like other kids out, and they'd be like, what does GAC stand for? I would say Greater Atlanta Correctional School because we had a bunch of rich, delinquent kids. Everybody was getting suspended and expelled every other day. And I'll never forget getting on the bus and just going, what the fuck did somebody do now? What did you guys do? And I've known these kids since kindergarten. And I'm me, Annie, Mary, and Katie are looking at our three guy friends going, if y'all fucking did this, I will whoop that ass. And then somebody's like, Ken, Ken brought weed. 
he's so high. We dared him $40 and a Chick-fil-A gift card to go swimming in the pond in front of the eternal flame. He got in trouble. Like, I am embarrassed by this, especially the state of the world that we're in right now. But this is the kind of shit. So after eighth grade, any kind of field trip became A, a liability, and B, I was just paranoid the whole time that somebody was going to set off the fire alarm. We were going to get in trouble. Somebody was going to get caught with weed. You know, and these were like rich kids. Like, why are we trying to push the limits? I'll never forget. Like, one of our friends got caught trying to like light a joint on the back of the bus. I was like, guys, for four fucking hours, let's just get out of this hellhole. Let's just go to the museum. You can smoke your weed later. We get to go off campus for fucking lunch. And then we get to come back. As soon as I meet you at the tennis courts at our country club in about two hours after school, you're all going to be high as a kite. Can you just hold it the fuck together? They all went on to go to Ivy League schools, though. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just the peer pressure they weren't great with. I was fine. Peer pressure, I was like, I don't want to fucking do weird ecstasy that your brother brought back from like Georgia State University. I'm good. Thank you, Carl, but no thank you. But sorry, back to you, my love. Back to this wonderful third grade teacher. You know, there was nothing worse. You're like, I've got these third graders. Now, third grade, you're at a specific age. What are you at? Third grade, you're maybe eight, seven turning eight, I think. Yes, because fourth grade's eight turning nine. I think, I think. You know, you're dealing with eight-year-olds. They should at least know, don't fall in the river. Don't fall in the pond. And as a teacher, is there anything worse? You got a kid named Mikey dripping wet. I mean, these kids now are named like Othorion, Mercury. You're like, you're holding this little kid up named Mercury and you got to dry him under the thing. And then six seconds later, you hear, Miss Jackson, somebody fell in the pond. You're like, these dumb fucking kids. Dude, talk about a core memory. Talk about a core memory. Never forget the day that my dad was the chaperone when we went to Six Flags. That was fucking great. That was great. Dude, if you won the science fair and you got to go to Six Flags, that was fucking great. Oh, you knew when you got on the field, back on the bus, right? Okay, so you go somewhere off campus for lunch. All right. Say this is like sixth grade. So you're about like 12, 13. You're sixth grade. You go to Fernbank, which is like this cool like history slash science museum we have. You went to Fernbank for the day and then you got to go off campus for lunch and they had like 200 sixth graders at a Chick-fil-A or like a Wendy's or we would go to the Varsity. The Varsity is a very famous place in Atlanta that serves chili dogs, frozen dream sickles, hamburgers, fries, greasiest food ever. They would take our asses downtown, then take us to like a museum, then drive our asses to the Varsity. So then you would have 200 Farty fucking kids who just had eight chili dogs each get back out on the bus. The bus is hot because you know this, it's the end of the year and that's the only time they let us go on fucking field trips because then the teachers get tired and lazy and they're like, we're done. We're going to the museum every day this week. And so you'd be on the bus, you have to roll down the windows and everyone's rooting tooting all the way home. And the teachers are just in the front, you know, and they need a teacher in the back to see if there's any hanky-panky, heavy hands, somebody, you know, rubbing rocks together to spark a fire because these kids are degenerates. And the teachers stay up front in the first four rows because they're like, we're not going downwind of this shit. But that's on them. 
Whoever thought it was a great idea to take a bunch of sixth graders to a chili dog factory is fucking beyond me. Because if you think in the sixth grade, I knew what self-control was and I wasn't going to have anywhere upwards of five to 10 dogs, you're out of your mind. I told y'all before, I won a Dorito eating contest in the third grade against Taylor Davis. Still, if I had to go back out into the working force and recreate a resume, I would put that on there. Dorito eating contest winner. Gucci gang, suck on my dick. Oh my God. And remember you put, okay, you're on the school bus. You're, oh, I'm so excited. You're on the school bus and then you put the top windows down and somebody was always like flicking people off outside. We got in trouble once going to an away game on the soccer bus. And, and I'll never forget, Anne Marie, my best friend, I don't even think she did it. Somebody had frozen grapes. Remember you freeze the grapes, still a great snack. You get those cotton candy grapes the green grapes that taste like cotton candy if you just leave them on your tongue. If you freeze those and then have those as a snack, great weight loss. Great, like healthy, no point thing. Anyways, I digress. Somebody threw frozen grapes and like cracked a windshield. (laughs) And I'll never forget the cops pulled over my soccer bus. And we were like, what? No, we did not do it. And we all had to run laps because nobody would confess. And that's the biggest thing. Nobody snitch. Dude, let me just really drive home the fact of the kind of school I went to. We went to the mall one day. We were like junior seniors, and that used to be a thing. We would go as like, if we made the magazine sale, whatever the school fundraiser was, if we won that day or whatever, they'd take a bunch of us to the mall. So we all go up to the mall. This is my buddy, Jeff, and I won't say his last name. I won't blow up his spot, but Jeff, if you ever hear this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We would party in this one neighborhood that was a gated community not too far from my house. And people from these other schools were always throwing these fucking parties, okay? So I guess there was this thing. Somebody threw a party at someone's house where it it was not their home. I don't remember anything. I was not at this party, thank God. But somebody had keys to somebody else's home while they were away for like spring break through a party. So we're sitting, getting back on the bus. We're in our school uniforms. We just had lunch. Like it was a big deal if you got to go to the food court for lunch at the mall. And we're getting on and we're sitting there. And then all of a sudden the principal comes on and he goes, I need Jeff, like Tom, Kevin, Mark, and Jason. I am just throwing out random names, just very like douchey names. And literally all these kids got taken away in handcuffs in the back of cop cars because now they were wrongfully accused. They all were acquitted of it. If the glove does not fit, you must acquit because they were all like the travel baseball team. So they could not have been at that house that night because they were all at like an away tournament for baseball. Like, thank God they played sports. But the other kids from the neighborhood were like, yeah, they wanted to pin it on all the kids that I went to school with because they didn't like us, which everybody was a fucking idiot. So I don't, it was like rival private high schools. Do you understand the level of like low hanging fruit bullshit? But I'll never forget. It was like senior day. And here comes the principal with three police. And I literally turned at the back of the bus and I looked at my group of guy friends. I go, you dumb mothers. Couldn't say it. And they were like, son of a bitch. It was wild. People were getting arrested every other day for like not crimes. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody was like 
doing hardcore crimes. Hold on. Yeah, this one kid. Who got kicked out of school and he followed us. He was like highly intelligent. And I know I've told this story before, but he followed us in his car all the way up to um, Fredericksburg, Virginia, because we went on like a history trip and then we did D.C. and he got caught. He got kicked out of school or like he wasn't allowed to come on the the class trip to Washington, D.C. So we just followed our bus for like 17 states. And then he got caught in the hotel. And the math teacher, I didn't like, caught him. And then he really got expelled. And I remember being like, the kid already made it this far. Just call his parents and let him fucking stay. We're going to the Smithsonian tomorrow. Can everybody just cool their fucking jets? Anyways, I've really made this all about me, but I want you to know that you telling me that there are children falling in the pond while you're just trying to take these little shits to a fucking butterfly exhibit at the Indianapolis State Park just checks out. It's always the boys. It's never the girls. The girls never get in trouble. It's these fucking boys, whether they're third grade or they're fucking 33. They are the ones getting in trouble. And you know, I love the men in my life, but God damn it, Jake, we asked you to do one thing. Stay home. We asked you to do one thing. Don't bring weed on the back of the bus. Idiots. And all the girls are like, this is why we don't date you. Literally, this is why we go to other high schools for prom. Because you guys are an embarrassment. Pretty sure I yelled that at one of my friends. Why? I was going to take you to prom. Oh, but you just had to, you had to bring a bunch of airplane bottles of vodka and get drunk while we went to the MLK Center. You're a loser. But can I also have one? You know what I mean? That's where I was at. My God. <laughs> Do core memory, core memories. You just remember riding back to school on the back of the bus. It was 2 p.m. and you were always like, we're sitting in downtown traffic. We are never going to make it back to school in time in order for like carpool pickup. Like we're getting back at 7.30 tonight. You guys have us two and a half hours at some like apple farm in the middle of Dahlonega, Georgia. We're not making it home in time. That's the only time I would be annoyed is when school got out at 3.15, but we would roll up at like 3.45. I'm like, you just put an extra 30 minutes onto my day. I understand that I got here at nine and school starts at eight, but you just added an extra 30 on the tail end. And that's what I don't do. Because you know what I like to do at three? Get the fuck out of here. God, dude, those were the days. Those core memories. You do the thing where you're like, honk, honk. Like, why did we do that? You're on a class trip. You're on the highway going back to your school that's five miles up the road, but everybody had to put an elbow out and be like, honk, honk, to like the rooms to go delivery guy who's like, no, no. And side note to this lovely teacher who called in, the buses were always stuck. I don't care if you went to an inner city school, if you went to the bougiest private school next to the fucking state capitol. It did not matter. The bus be broke, the bus be hot, the bus be 40, And the bus be problematic. Did not matter. The bus was always fucking broken. And I specifically remember as a young kid, I remember being like fifth grade and it was always the PE teachers that drove the bus. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was always the PE teachers or the other coaches because I guess they had to get licensed in order to like 
drive the soccer team or the volleyball team or whatever. But I always remember thinking like, out of all the responsible educators, I feel like the PE teachers shouldn't have been allowed to drive. You know, because you always had that PE teacher where you're like, could have been on cocaine. Like, just maybe. You didn't even really know what cocaine was, but you're like, whatever that PE teacher took this morning was not prescription. Or if it was, even in the fifth grade, I knew that their name was not on the bottle to take it. You know what I mean? Because we had one PE teacher. She was an older woman and she was cool as shit and everybody loved her. But she was like probably in her 60s and had the energy of like a, an 11-year-old kid doing Olympic swimming. It was just like something is not chemically balanced. But it was always a PE teacher that drove the bus every single fucking time. You know, we'd be like, Mr. Matthews, the bus is on fire. <laughs> You'd be pulling back into the school <laughs> on two wheels on two wheels and the back is smoking and kids are literally being asphyxiated. Like Mr. Matthews is so fucking high. He didn't even realize that we actually lost half of the bus. Like all the kids are dead. Half of the bus fell off. Like the back 10 seats fell off on the highway eight miles ago. But he was so high from going to the space museum and he had like wolfed down six bags of that space ice cream that was freezer dried and probably did bath salts, he didn't even realize that the bus had been in a horrible accident and had been split in two and the rest of the kids are on the freeways. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. The bus could have been on fire for 45 minutes and you'd be like, Mr. Matthews. And he'd be like, quit farting back there. Oh my God. Dude, and sometimes we would, because my school was like just a, a mess, we would have to sit in like assigned seats. You know, you'd have to sit by your last name on the bus, which was just lame. You're like, I mean, I have an M, so I'm kind of in the middle. I was around a lot of fun kids. Oh my God. And do you also remember? You also remember when like you had a crush, okay? And that was the thing when you were in middle school. I was like, no, get on bus seven. No, get on bus seven. We're, no, literally, we're getting on bus seven. Yes. Why? Why? Because Taylor's on that one. Get on bus seven. And then, like, you'd somehow get split up with your friends, but you'd race to the bus because you want to get on bus seven because you want to sit next to Taylor, your crush. Meanwhile, he's just ripping ass with his friends in the back. He doesn't even know you exist. And you're like, I'm trying to sit. And you're, like, six seats away from Taylor, your crush, but you keep turning around being like, Taylor, Taylor. Hey, Taylor. And like the wind, because all the windows are down, the wind is just, shoo, shoo, shoo. he can't hear you. But you're like, hey, Taylor, Taylor. You're like, why, why even try? Why even try? Taylor. Oh, those are the core memories, man. Those were the days. And if you got split up with your friends on the bus, like if they ended up on bus six and somehow you're on bus seven, it was just like you fucking melted down for the rest of the day. And then when you got off the bus at like the museum or whatever, wherever you were going for that day, the botanical gardens, you got off the bus, you had to run up to bus three and you're like, where is Mackenzie? I don't see her. Remember the day, like the field trip days when kids like would miss field trip day? And you were like, I don't give a fuck if you have the flu, you have one leg, your whole family has died. It's field trip day. Do you know what you're doing? You're showing up. 
I had strep throat so bad one day and I had a skip field drip day and I was like literally could not swallow tonsils the size of hockey bucks. I was like, drop me off at the museum. <coughs> I'll catch up with them. My mom's like, you have 105 fever. You just shit your pants. No. Come hell or high water, no matter what you had to do, you buried it. Any other day of the week, you would have stayed at home. But field trip day, off-campus lunch, though, you figured it the fuck out. We have four. We just got into one voicemail. I'm sorry. I really went on a core memory tangent. But I want you to know, these make me so happy and just really fucking tickle me pink. I think this shit is truly the funniest shit ever. But I love this. Call into the hotline. I will get back into the hotline next week. 800-213-7503. And never forget, at the end of the day, didn't matter where you are, but try and find little moments in your life where you remembered those moments of happiness and joy, the dumb shit, people getting in trouble in middle school, being on the back of that bus and giggling, that core memory of you and your best friend in the backyard, that raw moment when you knew you were too heavy and too mature to do the zip line. And once you got those wood chips, you jumped off the treehouse and you hit the ground and the wood chips just filled, all that dust and wood chips just filled your jelly sandals. And then you got 75 splinters and you had to take a hard look in the mirror that afternoon and go, listen, bitch, you're too big for the zip line. And sometimes life will do that. You know what? Just because we're getting older and things get more serious and life gets more complicated doesn't mean that we can't still take time to remember those memories. And to giggle. Fuck yeah. I'm going to go get a push pop. I will, I will catch you guys on the next episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. Cannot wait to see you. Tampa, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia. Let's fucking go. You can get your tickets at heatherontour.com. I love you, mean it. And we will be back next week with more voicemails, more fun, and more shit. In the meantime, between time, ciao bella, arrivederci. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.